I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. All right, we are here. Woo! Yeah, what a, in a a remote location. Remote location. Yes. We are we are uh, not filming. We're recording this podcast on location at Kentucky Lake this week. Yes, yes, Little Bear Creek or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So if and, things uh, sound weird or yeah, you hear a it's deer a little bit little little bit different audio, and we also have uh, well, we, I mean, I can I can if I strain my neck, I can look out the window of the lake house we're in and see the lake. Um, but it, we are hundred, just a few hundred feet from the water, so yeah. not in the water. Not in the water. Not on the water. But uh, this is about as close to uh, Jesus being on the boat with his disciples <laughs> as we've been. Randy Riley's with us today. <laughs> Welcome, yes. Randy. Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be here. So awesome, man. It's, I don't know why we've waited this long to put Randy on the podcast because he comes on Tuesdays. He's a Tuesday guy. He's a we Tuesday guy. We do it on Mondays. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, we. Uh, yeah, if you're listening, if we if they we put them up on we, they come up on Thursdays, but we record them on Mondays on Facebook Live. Oh, yeah. And so you can literally watch us recording the podcast with all the behind the scenes footage, uh, which is pretty amazing. It's so interesting. Today is super special because we have a um, XLR cable that we forgot. Yeah. Left it in Jackson, Missouri. We I I forgot. Okay, Daniel. Daniel forgot. forgot. It. Let's be honest about it. And so, uh, Randy's pointing his finger, thinking that people see that on a podcast, but uh, <laughs> he'll get he'll get the hang of it. Uh, the uh, we, uh, uh, we uh, so we we started looking for we were gonna try to buy one, and then we thought every church has tons of XLR yeah, cables, so here. we uh, won't tell you the church that wouldn't give us an XLR cable. <laughs> <laughs> but Riverwoods Church in Benton, Kentucky, uh-huh. had one made available. We all decided to go in and check it out because it was a it was a bank that was refurbished. Uh, or remodeled, I guess is what you say for yeah, a bank, sure. and uh, remodeled it into their church, which was amazing. They really really cool amazing. layout. Really did a cool job. And so we go in and uh, and meet everybody, and they take us in, and then Daniel, tell them what happened. Okay, so yeah, we go into their worship center, really nice facility, and they've got their guitars just kind of on the stand off to the side, and I, of course I go over and check them out, and I see a guitar model that I used to own when I was a teenager, and I had sold uh, just to buy the guitar that I have now, actually. So I went and looked at it, and I thought, oh, this is cool. It's kind of a unique guitar. It's an Alvarez Jumbo, so there there aren't a ton of them laying around. And I look at it, and I notice that it's got a mark that was identical to the one I had damaged my guitar with in the past. Mm. And so I, I was like, that's interesting. And I kind of looked down a little further, and there are other identical marks. And I come to realize... This is my guitar that I had sold 11 years ago at this point. Wow. So, like, this is crazy. So we just kind of had a weird moment, not really sure what 
Yeah, not sure to do how about that transpired that, yeah. or how many hands it had changed through before oh, it got yeah. there, but there it was on the stage, Daniel's old guitar. My old guitar. And you started to put together, if we haven't forgot the XLR cable, if the other church hadn't shut us down, if we hadn't <laughs> had to go to the other, and, we, and so we wound up going to this church, we all decided <clears> to go in, we're in the sanctuary, and, and then lo and behold, there's. Hey. if I had gone in without Daniel, I yeah. would have never known it, but there we all are, just uh, some little cool things, little anyway. God, a little God moment. Or it was like kind of God gave us a little nod, like I'm yeah. here today. Right. So, uh, but if you know something like Riverwoods Church yeah. or about Daniel's guitar or something, or you hey. or you have something further to fill in there, we'd really love to hear that. And if you're ever in Benton, Kentucky on a Sunday, there you go, Riverwoods yeah. Church. There, that's the place to go. Place. That's exactly right. Shout yeah. out for them. Well, here's the, here's what we got. Here's what we're talking about today. Well, first, Randy, tell us tell us. We always let people get a chance to reveal who they are. Tell okay. us what you do at First Baptist and how long you've been there and why, you how you got roped into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have the honor of being uh, the one that works with senior adults. <clears throat> I am a retired pastor, and uh, when I retired moved here, uh, Jackson First was, was my new home. We loved it. We've been here about five years, and... Uh, of course, I do more than just work with senior adults, but that's where my focus is. I teach, share, visit, do funerals, lots of good, exciting things for the Lord. Awesome, awesome. Cool. Tell us about your family. Have a wife, 50 years, <clears throat> uh, three children, 12 grandchildren. Uh, we've moved around to lots of wonderful places. Uh, you know, in our ministry, <clears throat> I was a former police officer in New Orleans. Wow. I also worked for the railroad as a police officer. And then God called me to the ministry, and uh, that was the delight of my life. Awesome. That's awesome. Sweet. And um, we are super glad to have you here today. Thank you. We um, are in, <clears throat> going to be looking at First Chronicles uh, chapter 8 through 20, I think. And so here, here's what's going on. We've got uh, all the genealogies again. Oh, and yeah. We're still... Best part. Yeah. <laughs> and in Chronicles, they go through the genealogies of each specific tribe. So we're weathering through that. And then we finally get done with the genealogies, and then it, it starts us off with the Chronicles of the Kings, and the first king being Saul. We get to hear Saul's exit story, uh, his sad story. It doesn't doesn't give us the same details we get uh, elsewhere, uh, but we uh, but we do get a lot of uh, detail about a little bit of detail about Saul's downfall, and then uh, moves into David, and then spends almost the rest of the time of, of the last week's reading and talking about King David's reign. In fact, it does uh, continues to talk about King David's reign. So uh, a little bit of a different perspective in Chronicles. So anyway, yeah. that's 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 one thing that stands out. Also, uh, Psalm 77 and 78, we were talking about how awesome Psalm 78 is. Daniel uh, preached, that, that was your text? Yeah, uh, that was my text uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, is that going to be, is that on the podcast? You know, I looked back, I was looking for it, and um, I don't think I uploaded the audio. I uploaded everything else, so I need to go back and do it. By the okay. time you're getting this podcast, I'm sure it will be on there. That's right. So what, what's the title going to be? It is, um, What Do You Want? What do you want? We want Daniel's podcast. Like the notebook. That's right. What do you, what do you <laughs> what want? What do you want? What do you want? Um, yeah, there's a... Kevin James does a thing with that. Have you ever seen that? No. That's uh, awesome. He goes... Uh, he's got a little YouTube channel that he's doing where he goes in and 
redoes like movie scenes like he's the sound guy and so <laughs> oh like, i have seen that so, yeah <laughs> so like he's like, i just want a mic check yeah. <laughs> what do you want i just want a mic check exactly yeah that's awesome um okay and then we go into the book of acts and this is an amazing section because we get the apostles who are told not to share jesus they do share jesus they get arrested they get thrown into prison and they get released supernaturally from prison, which is really super awesome. And um, the um, and then they choose the seven. There's a little issue with needing some de- kind of the origin story for deacons, as we take it most often. Is that really say they don't call them deacons at this point, but they but they really do kind of work in that fashion. And uh, and then we get to hear we see, see Stephen's story. Stephen, faithful, faithful person, and makes a defense of the faith, and winds up getting stoned to death, uh, and for his faith, uh, really the first martyr uh, that we see in in scripture. And so then, um, but at this event, there's a young man there, and while they are, when they get ready to stone Stephen to death, they lay their coats at the feet of this young man named Saul, and uh, and then his story begins. So it's pretty. Uh, pretty powerful beginning to uh to this entire story and luke is telling this whole story so it's always neat to keep that perspective that two most excellent theophilus who uh it's like uh bill and ted's excellent adventure (laughs) 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 anyway moving right along i think we should take a break (laughs) all right when we come back we will go over our devotional moments that we found interesting and i'm excited to hear it yeah let's do it absolutely back we are going to talk about just a couple things from the reading that we did if you haven't done the reading like you could go back and read our section today on our website we have all the reading plans from the beginning to now now you don't have to go back and read all of them but um but you you want you can pick up right where we are in fact uh, we just put we just posted is it online now it's online the july reading plan is online and so if you go on to our website fbcj.us do they have to click anywhere once they get on there? Um, we have the Live, Learn, Love, Lead on our banner, and it's uh, under the Learn. If you click on Learn, it'll take you to the reading plan, and um, and then you can start with start in July. So if you want to yeah. take a couple of days off and then <laughs> and start in July, that's fine. Or you can pick up June's there, too. You can pick up the last couple of days of June start now. Or you can go backwards or forwards or whatever you <laughs> want to do. But the key is is just jump in. Jump into making, reading the Bible part of your daily routine and so forth. And and the reason why we do this podcast is we want you to see that uh, there's always something amazing to be heard, read, discovered in God's Word. So, um, But anyway, my, uh, what I want to share was from Acts chapter 7, uh, verses 17 and 18. It says, but when the time, and this is uh, uh, Stephen sharing, it, this is actually taken an excerpt from the message that Stephen is sharing. But So... Anyway, but when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose who did not know Joseph. And and he's talking about how uh, he's just, he, Stephen does an amazing job. He's, he's drawing people, one of the reasons why we call this Understanding Jesus podcast is because we, we're trying to show how everything from Genesis to Revelation is given to us 
to help us understand who Jesus is and what he did and why he did it and, uh, and, and God's message of good news to us. That's what Stephen is doing in his message. He's going back and telling the story of the Exodus and so forth and how, or going all the way back to Abraham and, and then the fullness of time and how Abraham was blessed and then his people are continuing to be blessed in Egypt. And, uh, and I wrote, there seems to be a pattern in history of God planting his people in a place and blessing them and multiplying them for several seasons until they grow to a point where they threaten the enemy and then he forms an army to fight them. Um, God allows leadership to take the reins, uh, leadership that is foreign to his people when he is ready for his people to move where he wants them to go. It's how he got Israel out of Egypt. It's how he got the church out of Israel, out of Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. It's how he got the church out of Europe, into the new world. Um, and so maybe, maybe we're at that point where the next step is to get out of this world altogether. And, but it's ultimately what's going to happen. But, but that you see that pattern not only in the Bible but throughout history of God uh, establishing his people, multiplying them, and then the enemy, uh, there's an unsettling. And because we just become stagnant, we begin to become, if we stay too long in one place, we become like the world. Uh, instead of being salt and light, we just become stagnant. And so he allows things to happen to stir us up and to move us move us into places we wouldn't normally go. A lot of mission movements, a lot of the advancement of the church and or were because we were forced to politically uh, move to different places uh, and, and accomplish things. You know, you, every time you see some type of disruption in the world and see that uh, there's political unrest or people who are being forced out, those people are being forced out. Well, on a smaller scale, take foster care, for instance, 80%. There was a study that showed it's always 80%, it seems. But 80% of the kids who are involved in foster cares that went into Christian homes wound up converting to Christianity. And so you see why you see, God takes something that's not so good, you know, a home that's breaking up and, and children who <clears throat> have to be put into foster care, but then he turns it around for something good and, and brings them into Christian homes. And, and, and children we would have never known. Uh, I mean, that was our experience with our foster children. You know, they, they all were baptized. Uh, uh, while they were with us and, and so you know those were kids I would have never known never met them or whatever had it not been for for that situation but he does that not just with on individual levels like that but for whole nations you know of people so so anyway that was my my deal it's cool that's cool okay so I I'm gonna get to the Psalms but um, one thing I noticed you know we we say this sometimes every once in a while you know, we have the deep Old Testament readings, and then we've got the Psalms and the Proverbs and the New Testament readings, and it's these four different sections, and sometimes the stars align ever so nicely. Mm. And this is one of those times. Um, in First Chronicles section, which I'm not going to hang out at, but uh, in chapter 16, David um, is you know talking about Asaph and I think Zadok, maybe. Mm. Um, but he's got all these people around him, and he's doing stuff with the temp, you know, worshiping the Lord. And in 1637, it says he left Asaph and his relatives. He's kind of commissioning the Levitical priest Asaph, is just his guy. And then not so a, not Asap, like a, not Asap, not Asap. Yeah. He does it yeah. slowly. Asaph yeah. with the <laughs> H. Uh, so yeah, he commissions Asaph, this Levite, to like be his his main Levite guy. 
so then so that's just it just kind of happens but in the psalms that we're reading they're all written by asaph sweet yeah so that's kind of cool i don't know i was just a little easter egg but all the songs we've been in from psalm 73 to psalms 83 once we get there that's that's all by this this guy now by him or his descendants it's kind of like an asaphian line that, that write the stuff because a lot of times like in the is song, that a word Asaphian? Asaphian, it is now. It is now. It is not Asaphite. As a, as soon as possible, we will make this uh, <laughs> make it a, make it a word. <laughs> um, but the thing about Asaph is he is living in one of the golden ages of Israel when David is king and things are going amazing, mm. and yet so many of his psalms that we read are so sad like god where are you why have you abandoned us and when i read about david's uh, kingship and and the the time in israel i don't see that as like one of the worst times you know it's like one of the best times that i see so what a lot of people think is that he um it's like his his descendants the asaph children Mm -hmm. uh, levites that wrote some of these either way i'm looking in psalm 77 which is one of them and um, it just says, I'll just read it, what I wrote down. is I said, the psalmist here is taking note of his circumstances and wondering what's going on. For he knows God's history of being faithful, but in his current situation, it seems as though God's nature has changed. Hmm. But it hasn't. When, um, and I said, when, I, when our eyes don't see the Lord because of our blinding troubles, the best we can do is remember his power. And it, it, there's some verses 16 through 19 that talk about his power in 77 and his past presence in verse uh, 20 so yeah just even even when things even if it was the original asaph that lived with david and saw all the great things that were going on even when things objectively are going well sometimes it still can seem like god is abandoned the uh, like left the town left the building um, right. but through there even through that we have to remember that god is faithful and god is good and he has not abandoned his people when it's good when it's bad it's our view is clouded by our own emotions on what's going on around us. Hmm. So, or misunderstanding. Or misunderstanding is probably, yeah, more, <clears throat> more, more likely. So anyway, that's just, that's just what I saw. Well, what I loved about the series of studies, <clears throat> especially Chronicles, is watching the history, how it's written down and recorded, and you can see things like uh, organization, administration, how God used tribes and people to have certain responsibilities, and they all worked together. But there was a king that pulled the guy, it was David. Mm. At the end of David's reign, there was a transition into the new reign. And all the old things, they were over, but they have to establish the new things. And I think my favorite part is in chapter 22 of First Chronicles, when the transition said, David... You are not to build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth, but you will have a son who will be a man of peace. Of course, we know that to be Solomon. In the last verse, he will be my son and I will be his father and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Hmm. Setting the groundwork and the foundation for what's next. God always was leading his people organizing them, teaching them. In fact, of course, you know I'm a military guy. 
and a lot of things we learned in the military were taught to us by people who looked at the scripture and saw how God organized people with talents and abilities, with strengths and leadership. So uh, I just see all this culminated together. Yeah. Yeah, and First Chronicles is a little bit different. It gives us a little bit more insight into that David was... Re- I think when you read First and Second First Samuel, Second Samuel in, in the First Kings, you get the idea that Solomon, that David was dead, and that Solomon just started from the temple from scratch because David didn't deal with it. But David had all, you're right, he had laid all the groundwork, had gotten yeah. the gold and all the all the bronze and, and everything they were going to use, this, the building materials that they're going to use, the location for where it was going to be. He had already had all this and then just transitioned it to his son and had even set up leadership around his son. Yeah. To make sure that it was. Well, he wanted to build it. Oh, absolutely. But God says no. Yeah, and it gives you can us. Collect. And it says something that we don't. I don't think we get elsewhere. It says that why he doesn't. He says that you're right. a man of war right. and bloodshed, and really, and I, I think what it's what it's really saying there is is that there was not enough a time of peace, because David was advancing the kingdom and establishing so forth and fighting these wars. Not not because David had sinned against God and going to war with these people, but because. There was no peace in the land that would allow for a building project of this magnitude, and and he was saying you're not going to have this, but your son's going to have it, and uh, and so he gets to uh, so Solomon gets to do it. Yeah. Well, Solomon wasn't he the son of Bathsheba? David? Yeah, yeah, he absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's another yeah. thing. Yeah. That God can use people that we would be outcasts, but God can use them for His glory. Yeah, ends in the genealogy of Christ, too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool deal. Well, thanks, Randy, 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 Randy. Um, yes. I, and just in case I forget, you know, we're talking about stars aligning. Uh, it's not this week, but it's next week. But um, the message for what we're reading this week in our reading, preparing for the podcast next week, was actually also the children's lesson for the kids ministry yeah they were talking about Saul Saul getting his sight and Ananias and the street called the straight and all those things awesome stuff okay I am looking at um, the end of Saul's death there is uh, in 1st Chronicles the end of Saul's life not the end of Saul's death that didn't really make sense (laughs) but uh, not switching Saul's in fact, that's, I didn't even think about that. We have both souls in the both reading. Souls. I know. I, it was confusing me, but I didn't want to look confused okay. on the podcast. There you go. You never right. look confused. Thank you. <laughs> we have, we're covering both souls in one day, uh, but I'm talking about King Saul. And uh, it goes in First Chronicles chapter 10. It's been going through all the different families and genealogies, and then it gets to Saul's family. And begins to give out the genealogy at the end of First Chronicles 9. And then in First Chronicles 10, it begins with the Philistines fighting against Israel. At, and, uh, and then how they were at Mount Gaboa. And then saw the Philistines, it says in verse 2, The Philistines pursued Saul and his sons and killed his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchishua. Uh When the battle intensified against Saul, the archers spotted him and severely wounded him. Then Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and run me through with it, or these uncircumcised men will come and torture me. But his armor bearer would not do it because he was terrified. Then Saul took his sword and fell on it. When his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his own sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died. His whole house died 
together. Now, the, the verse that I highlighted was actually in verse 13. Um, Saul died for his unfaithfulness to the Lord because he did not keep the Lord's word. He even consulted a medium for guidance, but he did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. Now, uh, Proverbs 19.16 on that same day's reading said, He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. And I thought that was one of those interesting things, how those things came in the same day's reading. But the um, Saul was careless in his ways, and it resulted in his demise. He specifically died for not turning to the Lord for guidance. Now, 1 Samuel 28.6 says that Saul did inquire of the Lord. That's why I wanted to highlight this. It's actually kind of a question, but I'm going to go ahead and do it now. All right, all right. Uh, but the, uh, uh, so that, the question was, is how does Psalm 28.6 say, nobody asked this question. This isn't a reprimand, but you should have asked this question. You should have asked, well, if it says in Psalm 28.6 that he did inquire the Lord, then why does it say here clearly that he did not inquire? Mm. It specifically says in 1 Chronicles 10.14, but he did not inquire of the Lord. Is that a contradiction? Oh. Well, here's the thing. There are actually two different Hebrew words used. Me, me taking Hebrew here. Oh, hey, oh. Uh, that's right. Uh, and uh, two different Hebrew words in these two passages. One is kind of an inquiring of a lesser order, kind of like just did what I had to do to kind of kind of like when your wife asked you, did you look for something? And you said, yeah, I looked. But you know you really didn't look, look. Yeah, have you ever heard those words? Look, look. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you look, look? Look, look. My wife says that to me all the time. <laughs> Did you look, look? Uh, but look, look is the English word <laughs> for in-depth looking, whereas just look means you really didn't look. <laughs> you didn't look, look. Just look. That's right. So that's why nobody can learn English because <laughs> it's just as confusing. But there is a different word in Hebrew for levels of inquiry and in the first inquiry he just simply it implies that he just ritualistically just simply said i did i did what i was supposed to do you know i asked god god help us think of it like that <clears throat> if you were at battle and you just said god help us just say it like that mm -hmm. that's that's really like i'm not really looking for god to help us <laughs> but i'm saying it because that's what we say when we're scared or whatever and then getting on your knees before God and petitioning God and turning to God and believing and trusting God for that help. Those are two different things. And, uh, and so I wrote, um, I wrote that out, that Saul did inquire the Lord, but a different Hebrew word is used. Shal is the word that he used, which implies he did not seek the Lord earnestly or with heart, but only ritualistically. Saul was known for not waiting on the Lord or not heeding his word. God knows when we truly want to hear what he is saying and uh, in response to that. And I, I even put, being, being in the role of pastor, it's imperative that I seek the Lord's direction and listen to him intently as I'm commissioned to share the word of the Lord with his people. So, yeah, that was kind of a, uh, a moment. That's kind of a parallel between us today saying, I hear something about it, I'll pray for you. Exactly, yeah. And we really yeah. aren't planning to pray. Yeah. Or I hope you are. Yeah. I'm not sure you are. <laughs> right. And I said, well, maybe that'll make them feel better. Right. But if you're really going to pray for someone, you need to either pray with them at that moment yeah. or pray and let them know later. Yeah. I did pray for you. I took took a moment and, and prayed yeah. for you. And so, yeah. 
that very important. Yeah. Mm. Yep. That's cool. Cool, cool. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out in the Psalms then for my my last one. Um, Psalm 78, one of my favorite Psalms, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, and um, it's really, really, really long. So we divided. I think it was divided up into several days. But um, if you take it as its whole, from start to finish, you get this this person who's just watched. Like God's blessed this Asaphian writer of Asaphite. Asaphite. As, yeah, Asaphite um, writer just to just to be able to see God like over the course of time with His people, and and so first it's in the beginning several verses it says all right God has given you this plan. Just follow the follow this plan, and you will live in harmony with the Lord. And then in verse 18 it says they deliberately tested God out of that, mm-hmm. and so they their strain was on their own. Like they walked away from God, and then God tried to rein them in by being kind to them and by loving them. And it says in verse 25 they people ate the bread of angels, talking about the manna mm-hmm. that God gave them. And that still didn't draw them back. And then it's 34, it gets a little dark, where it says he killed some of them, and then the rest began to seek them. It reminded me of growing up, my my mom would a lot of times say, you know, you're supposed to kill the first one so the rest will pay attention. So she always told us that we had a, another brother that, that was no longer living, and so that we would I've, I've, shape I've up. done that. You've yeah, done that. I you've, have. You've I've killed the firstborn. I, I have. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Oh, boy. So, yeah, um, but at 34, it says he killed some of them. Then the rest started to seek him, seek him. And but, but God's anger was, was starting to have dire consequences on his people. And then verse 39, he remembered that they were only flesh and a wind that passes and does not return. And, and then in 65, it says, And the Lord awoke as if from a sleep, like a warrior from the effects of wine. Like, like just this course of God's dynamic nature moving and ebbing and flowing trying to win his people back just from firstly he, he tries to seek out their heart and realizing that their heart is stubborn he goes after them in a way that is that is more violent and if we would just turn to the lord when he's pursuing our heart mm. then we would save ourselves probably a lot of grief because he's going to take he's going to have his own he's going to he's going to have us those that are his he's going to draw to himself and if we would just Make it easier on ourselves and and fall in when his efforts are those of just pure love and blessing. Then, man, we would we would really do ourselves a service and and mm-hmm. just be in community with the Lord on a happy note and not have to do this constant running and being you know disciplined so that we would fall in and fall under the love and the care again. And I don't know. It's just a just a cool perspective that the writer gets to see this in this moment so much of israel misses it but they see god's um his uh wooing of his people right so, i love it i love it what was tell me again because I, I i not that i wasn't paying attention earlier when you were saying but when you said it all everything lined up and the stars aligned what was it that you were saying oh it was the first chronicles david kind of commissioning asaph and like setting okay. up asaph yeah because this was another thing i thought or all the stars aligned and everything on this where all every reading we have for one particular day maybe with the exception of proverbs uh all talked about the exodus mm. david was looking back to the exodus mm-hmm. in first chronicles and then the psalm of course was talking mm-hmm. about the exodus and then stephen is referring back to the exodus and wow. acts and so forth so it was kind of a well can i add to that yeah, yeah. if you look at acts peter's doing the same thing 
Yeah. Peter is sharing with them the history of where from Jesus to now. Right. And you're the one that killed him, and you're the one. That, and yeah. but yes, he wants to live in your heart. So it's it's a summary of where you've been, yeah. where where we are, where God wants us to be. And I saw Asaph, the wisdom that he had, seeing the perspective of how God has been moving in the life and working through a remnant and telling you, basically shaking you and saying, look, this God loves you. He created you. Follow him. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Anything else, Randy, man? Did you see something? Have we, have we drained you dry? Is that oh, it? Oh, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm interested in listening. That's good. I'm a listener. <clears throat> cool. All right, well... well is that it for the day? Well, then we come back and do some questions. We're going to okay. take a break. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah. All right. We are back for the question and answer. Question and response. Question and response That's segment. Good, I like the way you say that because it may, not be, an, it it may not, not be an answer. It may not be an answer. We'll just read the question. We'll read the question and we'll give a response. And we will respond to it. Um, might be a good response, might be a bad response. That's up for you to decide. Yeah. Share the podcast, and that's the plug. So here we go. Pastor Troy, what were the questions? Well, the question that you uh, that we were talking about, uh, a couple of things. One is dealing with deacons. And in Acts chapter 6, you would think if I had during the break, I would have turned to that page in the Bible. Um, but in Acts chapter 6, there are seven who are chosen to serve. And, um, and here is, here's the deal. The, uh, well, let me read to it, or read, read you the passage, and then I'll tell you what the problem is. In those days, as the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said it would not be right for us to give up preaching about God to wait on tables. Therefore, brothers, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the preaching of ministry. Now, why that's important is, is because that passage is used as one of the first, as saying these were the first deacons. Here's the problem, is that the people aren't, the first people to serve, they're simply saying, we don't have enough people serving. Uh, we already have these Hebrew uh, widows that are being taken care of. And so now we have these Greek-speaking widows that need to be taken care of. Let's find Greek-speaking men to do this. So they weren't really saying we need people to serve and we don't need to, What they were saying is we don't have time to study the word and do this. So we need you to help with this. Now, <clears throat> it could be, I mean, obviously, this is a, it is still a good foundational passage to say this is what serving as a deacon really is all about. But the word deacon is not utilized. So it's not, uh, so it's not a, uh, here's what deacons are and here's, uh, here's the way that uh, it uh, needs to be handled. So they, so basically, uh, it could be the beginning of deacons. So I'm not going to say the reason why it doesn't really fit perfectly 
Because when you think of deacons, and when first Timothy gives the guidelines for deacons, the characteristic between deacon and elder that is different is the teaching element. In the list of qualifications of elders, they are required to teach. In the list of qualifications for deacons, they are not. Well, the men that he's going there setting apart are teachers. And so they are people who go on and preach. And so it kind of gets a little confusing, except for the fact that they were set aside because they were Greek speaking. And so, but it does, it's this, it's this one verse uh, that's where it says, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the preaching ministry. So it's basically saying we need somebody to take care of this in the church while we devote ourselves to this. And that, that kind of foundation becomes the, what the church has utilized for thinking of deacon ministry as deacons working alongside pastors and that pastors are focused on the preaching ministry of the church, whereas deacons are taking care of areas of service that pastors can't right. attend to. And so, part of ministry. Right. And so that it's not that pastors shouldn't do these things. It's not that they're not supposed <clears throat> to do these things. It's that when it gets in the way of them also doing their preaching ministry, it's good to have other people who are able to step in and take this. So I, I think that it, and I think that is a solid foundational of seeing how this is formulated in the church. But one of the things it does reveal to us is it shows us that these were not things that God said, this is how deacons are supposed to be. These were things that unfolded as the church is developing right. and becoming what it becomes. And it's important to remember that this is a always has been about the guidance of the Holy Spirit in the church. And so the church today looks very differently than it did. You can't look at Acts chapter anything and go, oh, here's how we are supposed to set up our church because, well, we're not there. And 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 we get to see it it's different even in that day. Even when Paul travels to Corinth and he travels to Ephesus and he travels to Philippi, they're all different types of groups of people. They all have different strengths, weaknesses. He addresses them. There are certain core values that they all hold that I think we should all hold. But there's a lot of variation in in actually how they practice and in polity. Uh, and so I don't think you can say that God, obviously, if he had given us one specific way to do it, well, then that's what we would all be striving for. And I think that's why one denomination looks at another denomination and says, well, we do this right and you do it wrong. Well, we typically will highlight something that plays to our strengths or or major convictions and we kind of play down things that we just don't feel that passionate about. But God uses all of it. He uses all the different groups and all the different ways we're configured to reach people as long as the gospel stays the same. The gospel is what has to maintain its purity. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Looking back at that, if we look at that as being the origin of the uh, deacon ministry, mm -hmm. it looks to me that these were men with an attitude of ministry, not a popularity. Yeah. And I'm afraid today that the evolution of that is being, uh, let's just honor those very godly men, but a lot of those godly men uh, don't have an attitude of ministry. They want to run the church or, you know, have business. And that's that's okay. It's, it's, it's not the work of the Lord, but it's important that the work of the Lord be carried on. Right. And then, um, 
It's going to highlight something. And then in verse 7, it says, So the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. So we see that as a result of them doing these things, that the church did uh, continue to increase. So that's uh, those are all positive things. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so... Uh, the other thing that um, we were looking at was Philip going into Samaria. Um, I don't know there's much of, as much of a question as just an observation. One of the things that I loved about this passage, and so I really just wanted to share it, was because this was, um, I, I think, one of the first times I looked and saw the Holy Spirit calling Philip out from uh well let me just read the passage because it's always good to do that um it says now an angel of the lord said to philip go south to the road the desert road that goes down from jerusalem to gaza so he started out and on his way he met an ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, which means um queen of the ethiopians or candace um but the uh this man had gone to jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, what's so neat about this story is that you have um, you have Philip in a very successful revival in Samaria being called out of that to go into the desert to really just minister to one person, to speak to one person. Now, um, this is um, this was a uh, also a throwback to Juda the fact that Judaism is now in Africa, and could be a throwback even to the Queen of Sheba uh, meeting with Solomon and 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 the, being involved that from there. But anyway, you see the gospel being spread. But Philip is in a successful revival. The Spirit calls him out, and, and then you have this Ethiopian eunuch who is reading the Bible now. The question that comes up, and I wish I could give this a better answer, uh, but I'm not going to give it, a, is when he says, hey, there's water. What prevents me from being baptized? Uh, well, the question is, is, well, when we baptize people, we baptize them under the authority of the church. Well, what church was Philip baptizing him under if that's what he was doing? Um, and... It's a great question, but when we're reading through the book of Acts and seeing the early formations of the church, again, just because Philip is out here in the desert and see this man and sees him baptized, it's not saying this is how that you and I are to go out into wherever we go to and so forth and find people and then we just baptize them in a swimming pool or a lake or whatever. We don't have anything to do with the, the, the church or anything, any connection with that. That's just how we're to go out. As the church is being established, as we're forming the church and so forth, and we have these connections with each other and this accountability built in and so forth, and as these different groups of believers begin to be established, uh, we are operating as a part of a church. We begin to see that as later we're going to see uh, Barnabas and Paul commissioned as missionaries from a church, and they go out as minister or agents of that church conducting this ministry. And they are forming churches, and those churches then 
begin to baptize people as a part of those congregations. And so as you're seeing the genesis of these churches begin to form, it is going to look differently than it would if you go back. It's kind of like asking about the thief on the cross. Well, he wasn't baptized. Does that mean he's not saved? Well, we know that baptism doesn't save. We know that he did go to heaven. But it was also a very unique circumstance as he's being crucified next to Jesus Christ himself. So that's not the standard way that we would approach uh, bringing somebody into the fellowship and so forth. But there are, it does also say to us that these aren't the things that, while we, we do have a, it is, I think, a better practice that we, as a church, that when we are baptizing people, that we do it in accordance with the way we agree as the body of Christ to do it as a church. But that's not necessary for salvation. And that just means that if I am out in the middle of the desert and I do meet a guy and he does make a profession of faith and he wants to get baptized and I, I don't have to say, well, I'm sorry, we got to go back to Kentucky or back to Missouri or wherever and find a baptistry for you or a river or something. No, it's, yeah, you baptize him right there and, and that's, it is. And then you pray over him and hope that where he goes back, he can begin to start work you know where he is and, and you seek to disciple him as best you can under the circumstances that you have you baptize him in the name of the father son and the holy spirit yeah not the name of the church yeah yeah exactly yeah and and so so while i yeah i don't i'm not trying to encourage again rogue right people i think the church is absolutely important imperative but um but there are when we're reading through the book of acts you're seeing things unfold that and again, I think God allows us to see those things so that we can see that it's not a cookie-cutter approach. It's, it's, it has to be the, under the... The key element in the story is the Holy Spirit led him to these places. The Holy Spirit took him to the chariot. The Holy Spirit led him to do the things um, that he did. And, and ultimately, we have to be obedient to the Spirit of God. Cool. Cool, 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 all cool, cool. Right. Well, that's the end of the question list, right? That's all I got, man. Wow. All nobody, right. Nobody, nobody sent us anything, right? I don't. I don't yeah, think so. You get a question. No, you yeah. get anything on feed, but. All right. Wow. Well, this was fun. Thank you, Randy. Randy is good. Yeah, we're we're here on a uh, little uh, uh, pastoral, pastoral retreat, retreat where we go over the calendar for the entire year, and we are uh, looking at uh, not just 2020. We're looking already into 2021 trying to anticipate if any new virus is going to come out and how that will affect our schedule and so forth. We asked for Daniel to share any prophetic dreams <laughs> that he has. ASAP. Any ASAPhetic things that uh, he has. But um, we, uh, uh, we are excited to be here, and, uh, and God's doing some great things. And we are super what, what is this number 25 it's 25 so That's next right. week next week halfway halfway yeah i'm excited Ooh. and so again if you haven't been going through the reading with us uh now's a great time just to jump in and the key is this if you you want to start in genesis you want to start you want to read one of the readings every one reading a week or whatever that's the key is that as often as possible you take time and read god's word and uh, and we're keeping a journal, write those mm -hmm. thoughts down. That's what we love for people to share with us is, is the things that God shows them in their time with them. But if you have a question, something pops up in your head, 
send that question to us. Call the church office, send us an email, something like that. We love to, because then we will tackle that question. Maybe you don't have the time to research it as fully as we would, but we'll take the time and we'll um, we'll find you a response hey. that is uh, biblical for sure. That is what we do. So anyway, all right, good deal. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast put on by First Baptist Church of Jackson. If you would like more information, you can find us online on our website at firstbaptistjackson.com. You can email us at daniel at firstbaptistjackson.tv. Or you can find us on social media, First Baptist Jackson on Facebook and FBCJMO on Instagram. We've got a lot of content in all of those places, and we would love to hear your questions on the content that we cover. If you would like to be a part of the podcast, you can email us and message us at any of those ways, or you can call the church office at 573-243-8415, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.